So your teenage son is about to take the car and drive to town. What would you tell him? What kind of instructions would you give him? Or how about this? Your husband's about to climb up on the roof uh, to try and find and fix a leak in the roof. What would you want to tell him? Or how about this? Your, your friend has to go uh, up to Nashville, actually has to go into a rather rough part of town up there. It's got a bad reputation. What would you tell your friend who's heading off to a, a hard part of downtown Nashville? I don't know. Each one of those scenarios might carry specific instructions about this or that. But I could almost guarantee that part of what you would say in every one of those cases is be careful. Be careful, because there's danger associated, right? When, when the teenage son takes the car to town, that's potentially dangerous. He could get hurt. When your husband climbs on the roof to fix a leak, he could fall off and get hurt. Be careful. If you have to go to a bad part of downtown Nashville, by all means, be careful. There's danger associated there. And so we always do that, don't we? Uh, and in fact, my guess is before we leave here today, as we're parting to go different directions, someone almost certainly will say, be careful, see you later tonight. Be careful. We use that expression a lot. We use the expression, of course, because there there are present dangers that people need to be aware of. Well, today we want to talk about the need to be careful because of danger. But in this instance, as you might guess, we want to address spiritual matters and the need for caution in regards to spiritual matters. It is so important and so necessary to be careful spiritually. And we want to uh, talk about a few areas that deserve our special caution as we study together this morning. I want to stop here just briefly to thank you for being here on this good Lord's Day morning in Middle Tennessee. We are blessed. We are blessed to be able to be together. It's been so hot this week, unnecessarily, uh, unseasonably, I guess I shouldn't say unnecessarily, I should say unseasonably hot this this week. Uh, and you know, uh, we are blessed to be able to come together in a nice air-conditioned place to worship God. It wouldn't have been that long ago that on a night like, or a day like today, in the old church buildings, the windows would have been open because they didn't have air conditioning. And in every pew, at every spot, there would be the funeral home fans. You know, the funeral homes always used the, the, the back of the fan to advertise their funeral home business, and the pews were just littered with fans from the funeral home. But the windows were open, and a lot of times didn't have screens, and the flies would be coming in, and we'd be swatting flies and fanning and trying to remain somewhat comfortable. Boy, we're spoiled, aren't we? We have got it made. It's good to be able to come together in a place like this to worship God. I want to just take a minute, just a side note, unrelated to our lesson this morning. I I just want to comment about what happened on Friday in our country when the Supreme Court reversed the Roe versus Wade decision on abortion. Uh, You know, we, we, we kind of complain and bemoan the sad state, the sad moral condition of our country. And rightfully so. There's a lot wrong. But I think we should take time to be thankful. Thank God, in fact, for answered prayers in regards to something good that has happened in our country as the Supreme Court reversed the Roe versus Wade decision that made abortion legal in all 50 states of the Union. Now, that's not going to stop all abortions, but it's certainly going to make it possible for in places like Tennessee, 
uh, for strict rules regulating abortion to be enacted. That's a good thing. And that's answered prayers. A lot of prayers have been prayed about that. And so we take a chance to complain and bemoan situations in our country. Let's take this chance to be thankful and grateful uh, that something good has happened. All right, let's get back to our lesson about being careful, uh, being cautious. There's a number of things that we need to be careful about. Let me first suggest to you that we need to be careful about the information that we receive. These days we hear a lot about misinformation and disinformation. And of course there's a new phrase that has become popular. You hear it repeated a lot. We even hear a lot about fake news. And so there's a lot of bad information out there. The reality is that the information you get, if it's not correct, if you get bad information, then you will react badly to the information that you have received. It's true in the physical world. It's also true in the spiritual world, in religious matters. If you don't get the right information, you won't be acting correctly. Paul warned about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He said, We are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Do you see Paul's warning there? Be careful about the information you're getting. I think it's interesting that he talked about the trickery of men, the craftiness of men, their deceitful scheming. You know, you would like to think that that wouldn't happen. But the fact of the matter is there are actually people who will aggressively try to deceive in spiritual matters. And that being the case, we need to be very careful about the information we receive. Uh, It's sadly always been a danger that people will teach false doctrines. In Romans chapter 16, verse 17, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches they deceive the hearts of the simple. He says, mark those who teach offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. He talks about these kind of people would use good words and fair speeches and their intention to deceive the hearts of the simple. Several months ago, here at College View, we had to follow the specific instructions of Paul in regards to an individual who was here. Uh, And it was hard, it was sad, it was unpleasant, but necessary to mark this individual because he was a teacher of false doctrine. Sadly, that fellow has gone elsewhere here in our area and has been accepted right in, and all indication is he's doing exactly what Paul warned about in this passage. By good words and fair speeches, he is deceiving the hearts of the simple. We've got to be careful about that. Those words are not there just to fill up space. Those words are there to actually tell us of the danger and to urge us to be careful about the information we receive. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15 It says, the simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. And so the simple man, what does the simple man do? He just believes everything he's told. He doesn't even check it out. But the prudent man or the wise man, he looks well to his going. He's going to check it out. He's going to be sure. He's going to be careful. 
Which would describe us? Are we prudent and wise? Do we have the good sense to be careful about the information that we receive? We need to be cautious about information. And then, maybe taking that a step further, we need to be careful about our meditations. When you hear the word meditation, what comes to mind? What, what, what do you immediately picture uh, when you hear the word meditation? Well, I, I don't know about you, but what I picture is maybe some reclusive guru sitting on a mountain peak somewhere uh, uh, in sort of a hypnotic trance, just sort of humming to himself. He's meditating. That's not the meaning here, obviously. It's, it's, that is not accurate. This, of course, is simply talking about what you allow yourself to think about. What do you meditate about? What do you think about? What do you dwell on? What do you ponder? What do you maybe even daydream about? This all goes to what, what, is your, what does your mind go to when you're not pressed to be doing other things? It's really important that we be careful what we think about and meditate about. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is why it's so important to control our thoughts. Be careful what we think about. Because what you think about is what you ultimately become. As we so frequently uh, repeat, thoughts precede actions. If you think and think and think on something, you will sooner or later act upon that which you've been thinking about. Be careful about your thoughts, your meditations. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Notice, this is exactly what we're saying. Everything you do flows from your heart. So guard your heart. Again, this is sort of really connected to our first point about information that you receive. So whatever you allow to come in to your heart, your mind, that's what you naturally think about. And so if you allow good things to come in and you dwell upon and think about good things, then that will produce good in your life. But on the other hand, if you allow evil, wicked, corrupt things to come in and you think about those things, then that's going to lead to you ultimately engaging in evil. That's why we stress, and it is, I think, so very important in this media age we stress the importance about being careful about what you watch on TV, uh, what movies you take in, especially what kind of things you look at on the Internet. There's all kinds of evil and corruption on the Internet. And you've got to be really careful. Be careful what you let yourself think on, what you meditate about. The Lord said to Joshua in chapter 1, verse 8 of Joshua, remember Joshua is just becoming the, the leader of the children of Israel. Moses has died Joshua is leading the children of Israel into the promised land. Joshua 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all that is written uh, therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. Notice, notice, the Lord told Joshua to meditate upon the law. And he promised him good success, and that his way would be prosperous. But he had to meditate. He had to think about right things. I'll tell you, Joshua was promised that he'd be successful in doing the Lord's work if he'd be careful what he thought about, what he meditated on. And I want to suggest to you that the same is true for us. Our job is different than Joshua's, obviously. But in service to God, we've got to be careful about what we take in and what we allow our minds to dwell upon. 
Let us suggest that we also need to be careful about our associations. It is simply true that human beings are social beings. And actually, God designed us that way. And since that is the case, that we are social beings, we need to be aware that we can influence other people and other people can influence us. That's the nature of social beings, and we are social beings. And so, that being the case, we've got to be extra careful. Because we might influence others for good or bad, hopefully for good, but others can influence us for good or bad. We've got to be especially careful about those who might influence us for bad. You know the verse that we so often reference in regards to this is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good moral. I, I don't know how you say it any plainer than that. Bad company corrupts good morals. If you allow yourself to be around bad company, then expect that it will have an effect on you. It will influence you and your morality will suffer as a result of that. Look here at Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Notice, the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you are around bad people, it will not turn out well. And that being the case, we've got to really be careful. We've got to think. We've got to think about the people that we associate with. We make this point to our young people a lot. Very often we refer to it as peer pressure and the dangers of peer pressure. Certainly there's a reality to peer pressure. We don't doubt it. And, and so our young people need to be especially cautious about their associations. I'll tell you, old people are not exempt from that either. Those who are older can be influenced for evil by being around the wrong kinds of people. Be careful about your associations. Be careful about your destinations. Uh, I want you to contrast a couple of uh, possibilities here. So, what would be the what would be the realities? What would be the potentialities? If you allowed yourself to go to a bar, for instance. So it's, it's Friday evening, it's payday. Some of the guys from work are going to the bar. I'm going to go because I just like to sort of hang out with those guys. You know, we work together all week long and I'm just going to go and hang. I'm not going to drink. I, I, I'm, I've got my mind made up that I'm not going to drink. They'll all be drinking, but I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to go to the bar and hang out. How do you think that, what do you, what do you think the potential outcomes are there? Can you list good potential outcomes or bad ones? Well, I think it's pretty easy to see bad outcomes in that, right? I went to the wrong place. Nothing good's going to happen there. Someone said, well, maybe I could be an influence on my friend. Yeah, maybe I could be an influence on them around my kitchen table talking about the Bible. It's unlikely that I'm going to be a good influence on them at the bar where everybody's drinking. What will more than likely happen is that they'll persuade me to drink with them. That's a bad place to go. All right, so there's one destination. Go to the bar with some friends. Doesn't turn out well usually. What about, I think I'm going to go to church this Lord's Day. And there's a lot of good people there. And they're going to be talking about the Word of God. And they're going to be studying the Scriptures. And they're going to be encouraging one another to live right. What do you think the potentialities are for going to church on Sunday? Well, those are all positive things. You can see lots of good that could come from that, right? 
Why wouldn't I choose that? And so what we're saying is it's just obviously true that where we go strongly determines what we do. So be careful about where you go. There's an interesting tale told in Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 is written like a father warning his son about some real dangers. And here, specifically, the father is warning his son about an evil woman who would entice him to commit fornication. And he says here in Proverbs, this began, we don't have, we don't have room or time to study the whole text, but it starts out this way. Proverbs 7 verse 6, at the window of my house, I have looked out through the lattice and I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youths, a young man lacking sense, passing along the street near her corner, taking the road to her house. And the story goes on. And the the fact of the matter is that she does entice him and he does commit sin. But notice the problem with him is that he was he was simple minded. He wasn't using. In fact, it even says he was lacking sense. And so because he wasn't thinking carefully, he wasn't being cautious about where he went. He went in the direction of her house. This woman had a reputation. She would she would be practicing her evil deeds at this very time. And he went there. He wasn't careful about where he went. And it led to his destruction. His destruction resulted from the fact that he went the wrong place. And and that is simply true for us too. If we're not careful about where we go, if we are lacking sense in this way, bad things happen. Be careful about your destinations. Young people, be careful about who you are with and where you go with them. You've got to be really careful. All of us do. And then let me suggest to you we need to be careful about our conversations. So information, meditation, association, destination, conversation. I believe this is maybe one of our greatest areas of challenge, and I think the Scriptures say so. In that text that Gordon read for us earlier in James chapter 2, notice how James starts that discussion about controlling the tongue. He says, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. For every kind of beast and bird, reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I think it's interesting the way he starts this. If you can control your tongue and if you don't stumble in what you say, you are a really mature person, a You have demonstrated great spiritual maturity if you can control your tongue and be careful about what you say. You know, it's possible to say the wrong thing. It's possible to say the wrong thing with the wrong attitude. It's possible to say the wrong thing with the wrong attitude and the wrong motive. It's possible to say all of that to the wrong person. There's just so many errors that can happen regarding what we say. Uh, and my guess is if we were to go around the assembly this morning and just ask people sort of to tell their tale, every one of us could, could, I'm pretty sure, talk about trouble we got ourselves into by not being careful about what we said. And so we need to be very careful. There's a spiritual danger associated with how we use our tongue. There are spiritual dangers out there. There are a lot of them. They are all around us. We're surrounded by spiritual danger. And since we're talking about our souls and eternity, it deserves our great caution. Be careful. It's so ultimately important. 
I hope our lesson this morning has been a help and encouragement as we live our daily lives that we would exercise the caution that is appropriate and necessary so that we can be right with God, live our lives the way he wants us to live them so we can have heaven as our eternal home. What's your situation this morning? Are you right with God? Is your life right with God? First of all, have you obeyed that simple gospel plan of salvation? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized for the remission of sins. Have you done that? If you have not, we hope you'll make that decision. We'll be glad to assist you. We'll be glad to study more with you. Let us know how we can help. If you're a Christian already, but maybe you haven't been as careful as you know that you should be, as the scriptures tell us we must be, you haven't been careful and you've slipped and you've fallen back and not been faithful to your Lord, we pray you come back in repentance, confession, and prayer. If we can help, let us know while we stand and sing.